This, you know, this thing is jittery. Every, every, no, every session. You're is fucking jittery. jittery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making you jittery. That's, that's <laughs> I can't. That's a good one. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. No, no, no. I didn't either. I didn't see it coming. That was the funniest. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Dennis, my mate, uh, I am back mate. in España land. España. After, I, after some time in the Tar Heel State, did you take after, a while to get the tar off your heels? After four weeks. Uh, no, I just... Uh, I just uh, cleaned my shoes in Munich for eight hours, and then I was fine. Uh, Munich? Munich. Oh, in Munich. Germany. Yeah. Is that how long you were there? Yeah. So, look, I booked the flights. Typically, it's like a three and a half hour uh, layover, and that sucks, but... We're used to it, and we're like, fine. And every couple years, uh, two months before we're ready to fly, they send me an email saying, hey, so we've canceled that other flight. Now it's going to be a six and a half hour layover. You're welcome to say, fuck this, and find your own damn tickets from here. Or you can just take what we're giving you. And when they send me that, I look and everything is worse because yeah, they know it's yeah. worse. They know it's worse. Yeah. And and I'm like, fine, you know, do you know have do with me what you will. And you that was alone. fine. Uh, yeah. No, on on this return flight, I was with my two children. Uh, my wife had returned previously, but she had also been given the same treatment of, hey, this three-hour layover is now a six-and-a-half-hour layover. It's a big difference. It's especially after you've just lost your night. Because yeah. when you fly east yeah. and you lose your entire night, you get to the airport and you're just like, somebody shoot me, get me, uh, get me on the next... Uh, transport to my own bed and yeah. that super sucks but uh, but this time uh, we it was going to be a six and a half hour layover and then our flight was delayed an hour and an hour and a half and here I was stranded with these two children that were uh, exhausted and you know plugged in they well plugged in sort of like they had uh they had content that they had downloaded to their screens that they could veg out on but even so my 14 year old uh just lay down on on some chairs for a while and slept for several hours she's not a big sleeper in the airplane Whereas my 10-year-old son 
is pretty good at sleeping sitting up. And I surprised myself for the first time and slept for quite a bit of the uh, seven hour flight. So going east, it's like seven and a half hours. Going west, it's like 10 hours because of uh, jet stream. Because of the, the winds, winds. Yeah. prevailing winds. Yeah. Uh, but it was, I can't complain. It was okay. We survived. Well, it's price you pay. Yeah. And, you know. So, and I know it's helpful for me to point that out because it never occurred to you. Right. And, you know, the, uh, you know, a, a beer in the Munich airport is like uh, 12 euros, which is like like $14. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you know, there's, we're here for, yeah, it was, it was, it was closer to eight hours than <laughs> anything else. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you a, a, a flight layover issue kind of where I was flying from some, uh, from somewhere to somewhere and my plane cool, cool. was, was late and uh, I ran to the gate and when I got to the date, the gate, much to my absolute misery, the door was closed. Now, trying to get that door open is pretty much impossible. Yeah. I went up and I said, you've got to let me on. My medication is on that plane. Or, or I, no, I said, uh, I said, I you've got to let me on. This is good. You've got to let me on. If I'm not relaxed in, in sleeping, before my medication, before but my medication is, is I'm going to erupt, and I I went into this like this is this could be life or death for me. Like I don't know if I said convulsions or whatever. They fucking opened the door for me. Have you ever had the door open for you in all your travels? No. And the Oscar goes to. No, it goes to Dennis Streep. No. Nice. Well, the that's, uh, that's a terrible thing to do. Pretty much preying on people's, you know, compassion and fear. Hey, is that not what this podcast is all about? Uh, <laughs> hey, that should oh, be our new subtitle: preying on compassion and fear. Yes, yes. Uh, so, at the Munich airport during this eight hours, um, I had a unique experience of. My, uh, we had our gate changed like three or four times uh, where like I had an app so when we got there of course the monitors don't show you don't show you the gate for a flight that's in seven hours right because they don't they're, know they're like just like chill man AG uh, is what the code is AG anybody's guess yes well uh, I had an app on my phone that told me, hey, man, this was scheduled for uh, gate K9. Uh, Fuckers just changed it. And I was thinking, oh, that's very doggy. Uh, and so I, and I had been teaching on the way to America. I told my 10-year-old, I was like, hey, you got to navigate us through all the airports. You know, first we're going to Munich and then we're going to Charlotte. That's all you need to know. You take us to our to our gate, 
and I taught him about how, you know, first you go to the monitor and you see this is the next flight and this is the gate you have to go to, or this is when they're going to announce the gate that you have to go to. And uh, he was following that very well. But then on, on this one where I like had some advanced knowledge, I was like, let's just go to this gate that I think it is. And so we went there and hung out for a while. And then they changed us to like another freaking terminal. Uh, terminal? A ter- whole other terminal. Oh. But it was like it was like four hours to go, right? It's like we'd been there oh, for three so hours. Right, right, right. And like four hours to go, yeah, let's go to this other terminal. So uh, so we got on the little train thing and we went to the other terminal. And um, we, we got there and there was this little play area. Well, f- first of all, the airport in Germany has... I think I haven't seen in, you would think in Charlotte there would be a, such a thing, but they have these little uh, lounges for smokers. Uh, yeah, know, I've spon- seen that. Sponsored by, airports. It's sponsored by Camel or whatever. But yeah. uh, so you go into this lounge and, you know, near the door of the lounge, you can totally smell uh, all the smoke. But uh, they, uh, anyway, they were near where we were. They had one of those, but also they had this little play area that was just these weird sort of structures that kids could play on. And for the first couple hours, we ignored those. But then my son was like, uh, I'm going to go check out those, those, that playground over there. And so we went, he went and had the time of his life playing, running around, chasing these other kids and... Oh, good. Uh, they had this little stuffed animal that they were throwing around and they just had a great time and he was like he needed because he is that way he needed to get rid of all this energy and yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ran around and and he came back later and I was like so those kids you were playing with uh, what language did they speak and he was like well, I don't know and yeah. I was like, well, what do you mean and he was like we didn't talk we were just we like, we, yeah, we were just like, hey, I bet I can, like, just the the physical language of, hey, I, tag, I bet I can touch you was enough yeah. to get the other kid to race in the other direction. And, yeah, yeah and yeah. it was, uh, I hadn't ever really considered that children from any culture can potentially play together with no play language. Play a universal language. A study in the, yes. A study mm-hmm. in observation skills in youth. Well, and, and physical uh, uh, body language. Charlie Chapton comes to life, a study of the subjective nature of visual and physical observation in children's play. Wow. Yawn. Uh, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Let's <laughs> exactly. It makes the most let's interesting get the grant. subject something that you do not want to <laughs> learn anymore. Let's get the grant money on that. Uh, but that was super cool. And later later he went back and he and he came back and reported they don't speak English or Spanish. <laughs> Which is <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, because that's just, that's funny. Uh, so anyway, we survived that, and somehow, due to my half sleep 
on the plane and my half sleep in the terminal i haven't you know uh it's been four days now but you know uh knock on wood i haven't really had much jet lag in the way that you think after four days you still might have it well you still might get it i it's like in, in previous times i've I guess I haven't slept on the plane and then I'm just all messed up later to sleep yeah, that yeah, evening right. or something. But right. this time in a way that I don't know, it's uh, I, I haven't experienced this lack of jet lag ever yeah. really. And boy, have I experienced knock on, wood, the, knock on wood is right. Right. But boy, have I experienced the. Uh, the the superiority of thinking ah jet lag is below me I'm better than jet lag uh, but and been like struck down but uh, uh, you know like I said knock on wood um, pretty feeling good well that's great I didn't realize that it was such a physical I haven't gone overseas harrowing the, for the for this plane trip which is similar I suppose in some is west to Seattle than Alaska. Uh, but that's always, a you know, quite a layover. There's not a, what's your longest um, flight of you? Because it takes you, you, you two or three to get home or it's just two? Uh, normally two it's lights. two, normally it's two flights to get home. The times when it's three uh, really suck. Yeah. But the, However, the, the, the longest leg is how long? Ten. Uh, uh, you ten, already said ten. This. Yeah, but ten go getting there and only seven coming back. Yes, but wow. my record, I think, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but when I went to Australia from Spain, which is literally almost the opposite opposite side of the of the Earth, uh, that was like. 10 hours with a two hour labor and then 11 hours. Oh my word. And that was just, uh, remarkable. It's look, there's this, there's this, uh, place that the human mind can go to uh-huh. where it's just like, this is my life for the next little bit right i need i'm to, gonna i'm gonna to, i'm gonna live in this place turn and the knobs down turn the knobs down and chill i'm just yeah, i'm just gonna fucking deal with this because i don't have any other option and right the knobs on any other setting are uh catastrophic so right. uh that was and i went there and back but uh it was pretty crazy yeah and that was, uh, let us all remember, February 2020. I came back on March 1st, 2020. So right as shit was just destroying oh. the earth. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, like when I went there, I had one, when I went from, I guess, Madrid to Abu Dhabi was where my labor was. And in Madrid, they said, have you been, uh, have you set foot on mainland China in the last two months? And I was like, nope. 
They're like, all right, hop aboard. And that was all the COVID restrictions that were there. Because February February 2020 was like when China Surely. China looked like it was going to explode, but everyone else was like, hey, ah. China, meh, meh. So, right. anywho, there we are. <laughs> anywho, anywho. Well, it's good. To, it's good to see you home. I know you en- enjoyed yourself. I uh, sent the boys a uh, announcement of Johnny Bergen's uh, the uh, the blues swinging guitar man um, is playing up in Brevard. If I recall, Brevard's not but forty five minutes away or so. Brevard, from, uh, North Carolina. Yeah, from from Morganton. Hmm. Well. But anyway, uh, a rare opportunity. John wrote me back. Nobody yes. else did. Brevard. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we're dealing with all the press releases and trying to get him interviews and lining the shit up for the 18th of August. Mike Masterson's coming to see me on uh, on uh, Friday. No kidding. Yeah, what a story offline but uh anyway he's here for overnight at my house and then we're going to a party together the uh the guys the guys uh, throwing the party is having it in a in a in a boat hangar it's a big warehouse type thing where they store boats and it's a big event and about three weeks ago mike wrote me and said i'm not sure about the party anymore Marty was in a head-on car collision and is pretty fucked up. Oh, shit. And come to find out, broken ribs and maybe a broken leg or something or other, but he's recovering well and they're still having the party. But it's going to be a music party where there's, you know, people, whoever wants to play will get up and there'll be some jamming going on. He nice, nice. invited me to come and had told me when I saw him for the first time and it had to be 10 years I haven't seen him. And I recognized him in a bar. And uh, recognize who? Mike. Marty. Mark. Mike's friend, yeah. who, I, who, I, who I've only met like, you know, twice maybe. Right, right. And he said to me, uh, come to my party. And oh, by the way, he said, you need to call Mike. We need to get him up here. And I'm like, well, all right, you know, we'll see. And so up that's here, what's not happening. down here. I thought he was up in here upper. because Mike is in Florida. Ah. So we're getting Mike up here to Michigan. I got you. Due north. I understand the compass. Yes. And then he he's uh, and then he's hooking up with a with a new uh, squeeze, and he's going to the UP with her until she can't stand it anymore, or until Jeff shows up September fifteenth or so. Nice. Do you know that Mike is one of the only one of our common friends who has ever just like stopped by my hometown here in, in Spain? Yes, yes, yes. I know that. He, he uh, just showed up one day and, and was like, hey, man. <laughs> and so, yeah. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, hey. Uh, so that's pretty wild. Uh, yeah. So he's a nomad. He is the original nomad. He's, he's no, when he was younger, his wife called beautiful Barbara 
and said, have you seen Mike? No, not since the party. All right. Okay. She called around. A couple days. I'm really worried about Mike. And uh, come to find out, he had bought a boat. And when he bought the boat, the boat was in the water. And he just filled it full of fuel and went north in Lake Erie. Yeah. I believe until he got all the way up to the upper peninsula and went around the horn and came down. I think this is all possible down through, uh, go by Mackinac Island under the yeah. bridge. I was there. Go into Lake Michigan and come down. And he was gone for like 25 days. And I, I <laughs> my memory may not serve me right here, but, and it was on the absolute nomadic, you know, uh, what's I'm just going to go do my, do my thing. No, Off I go. I think Mike, when Mike throws a pebble in the water, there's no ripples. He just, he just, just goes. There's no, there's no, Oh, let me think if this happens, that happens. Does that his happens. boat have no wake? His boat is not woke. Unwoke boat. An unwoke boat that gives Unwoke would be a good name for a boat. Unwoke? Yeah. Or woke. Wait, I know. Woke, unwoke. Who gives a fuck? That's the name of a boat. Well, there's that too, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's got a rhythm to it. Indeed, indeed. Woke, unwoke. Who gives a fuck? That's good. That would be a t-shirt. Right or the front uh, woke slash unwoke and a symbol W and then a W crossed out. Right. And then the back. Who gives a fuck? That's good. We can I'm not. Wo- I'm not woke. I'm broke. Ah. Unless oh. you buy this T-shirt. Yes. And, so uh, a little and, news and, today. And or get the joke. A little, a little news yesterday. Did it, did it, did it, did it. A little news Donald yesterday. Trump, yes, yeah. indicted again, this time for what? Trying to overthrow the government of the United States. It's just a 45-page indictment. And the second Wait, sentence illegal? reads, the second sentence of the 45-page document reads, Donald Trump lost the 2020 election, period. Ouch. 45. 45 pages and five. Hey, I think five. He's number 45. Huh? That's right. Just saying. Huh? He's number 45. He was. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. There's a, believe me, Jack Smith did it for that reason. It's 47 pages. Let's, let's see what we can do to get it to 45. And on page 45, is the conclusion. <laughs> what is that conclusion, Dennis? Uh, the conclusion is, is that he committed fraud against the voting public by trying to defraud them from, the, from their uh, constitutional right to cast a ballot. And so his crime 
is against the taxpayers for fraud, among others. <sighs> it's uh, it's always such a stupid little thing. It, it, in the meantime, his fundraising has skyrocketed. DeSantis, his closest number two, is now 37 points down. The latest poll shows that of all the candidates pulled their numbers and became one candidate, Donald Trump was still win by 15 points. I'm all telling combined. you, man, he is our next fucking president. No, 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 no. He is. He's our next. He, he, is, he will be our next nominee, but that nomination... Because he's going to be nominated, the question will become whether a man who he may plead, his plea deal may be that he will not run. And if okay. that's the case, then, then they've have, they, I guess they find another candidate. We're recording on August 2nd, 2023. I bet you that on January 20th 2025 fucking Trump is back in office Trump is what? is, is president again how much you want to bet? Uh, five coins five coins? yes five silver dollars sure Five dollar. Five dollar. Yes, you're wrong. You're wrong. All right. All right. Do you want to take the bet? I already took the bet. A little virtual handshake. Shaky, shaky. All right. So. Look, man, my hand is so much bigger than my let head. The, let the record show that we have, the hands have been shook, as will the world, by the result of the election. The world oh, will be shook. Five silver dollars. I said five dollar. No, that's not what the bet was. Five silver dollars. How much is a silver dollar worth? A dollar. Okay. So <laughs> take your five dollars and go buy your silver dollars. No, no, no. It's a, there's some heft to five silver dollars. It okay. Adds to the attractiveness of the bet for me. And uh, if you could imagine, how, how quickly you take it back after after shaking I hands? Take it back. I how quickly I you have are clarifying. You, look, you shook hands. I said, why I said don't you just dollar. play it back and, and play it back? So it proves that what I said was five silver dollars, and then you misspoke. And then it I said five dollars, and then you me, shook my hand. Isn't me attempting a Welsh? It's you who can't do a Welsh accent. In fact doing a Welch accent because you're Welching. You're trying to Welch. Don't you think the Welsh find that offensive? How, how woke are you? Welsh, it all depends. It all depends. It all depends. It all depends. They're not as, they're not as uh, slimy as the Scots. Oh, slimy are they? <laughs> I'm sorry, limey. Limey. There you go. Uh, so uh, I, I I went and bought a case of Smix. It's like fuck it. I'm running. Uh, gas is expensive. Did you know? I don't I don't need gas. I need a I need beer. What are you drinking? I have just I don't have anything at the moment. Sadly. What? 
Yes, the beer's in the other apartment, and I'm just what? hanging out here, chilling. I, my... I don't even know that. I got no smithics. I had, no just, I had to just walk away. I had to slam my, I had to slam my headphones down and walk away. It's in your contract. You will drink more than you should every show. It's, it it does. It I, that's why I hired you because you were a lush. It it doesn't say you know sad hour, or sober hour, does it? it I have two topics. Number if one, you don't. Do you have topics? Would you like, would you like to talk about uh, your kind of in the back of my your... mind? Nothing I've, nothing I've written down in my notes. So my first topic is uh, someone, perhaps my wife, sent me a news article in from Spain in Spanish about a cheese uh, making place up in the mountains of the region where I live. And I went and I, and I looked up, I looked them up on Google maps and I discovered, Oh wait, I've already like tagged this place as a place I'd like to go visit. Not only that, but I had also gone and like followed them on Twitter, uh, as a place that I would like to go visit. But in the news article, it said, Hey, this place is run by a Spaniard uh, and his wife, who's from North Carolina. What? And I was like, what? And so I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I live in your region. I'm also from North Carolina. How are you doing? And they wrote back and they said, hey, uh, I'm the husband. My wife is from Hickory, North Carolina. What? And I was like, what? And so, uh, and she went to UNC, uh, and uh, she studied. She has been teaching uh, English as a second language to this to the Spaniards for a while. But then she like uh, started this cheese business. And so I reached out to them, and I was like, "Hey, uh, I'm a fellow North Carolinian." In, in our region of Spain, Cantabria, uh, we should hang out together sometime. Not only that, but you work in cheese and my wife works in milk. So like we have a lot to talk about. And they were like, you should come down sometime, but not this summer because we are totally fucking booked. Because yeah. as a result season. of that, of that uh, well, as a result of the season, but also that national article, they have oh, lots oh, of attention. Yeah, 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 exploded. And so they are just like uh, all the way to the gills. But maybe this winter sometime we're going to uh, pop up there. It's not it's not that close by. It's like an hour and a half a drive away. Uh, What's up, man? But, but uh, just to pop up there and, you know, I love good cheese. Up and back. <clears throat> and, uh, but just what a strange – I mean, it's always weird to f- find – other expats nearby. Strange coincidence. But to find expats from so nearby yes. where I'm from is yes. crazy. That you don't find crazy. many of those. So that anyway, crazy. that's one of my well, I'd like I'd like to things. hear follow up on that. I we will on episode uh, 227 when we get to that. But uh, that'll be Well, know, let's uh, I want to, I'm leaving on August 
5th, which is Monday. So that okay. Wednesday, I got to skip. But we're taking the old man to uh, New York to see his grand and great-grandchildren again. Um, Good, because I'm gone all the next two weeks. So. Oh, you are? Two weeks yeah. out? No, Where so going? I'm going down to the south of Spain. So it's not until the, like the 23rd that I'm going to be back with you, with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. And, and yeah, after New York, I come back, I've got my brothers, maybe two of my brothers showing up here for uh, that, that Johnny Bergen festival. Nice. Yeah. 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 It's going to be some uh, good stories from that. Yes. Indeed. Hope. So I printed a uh, hundred flyers today or 85 flyers today and we're heading me and steve my uh, cohort in crime here who's got some it skills doing some facebook ads doing some uh did all the figuring for the handout the color beautiful colorful handout and we're going up to a place in uh, otsego called Otsigo. liquid note cool it's uh, 20 minutes is uh, 20 minutes or so the liquid note and every beer they make it's a brewery every beer they make is named after something having to do with a singer or a song and cool. the question on their website is if johnny cash were a beer what would it taste like i think it's it's it the 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 name doesn't ever quite hasn't quite settled in yet with me but the other day they the other uh, month they bought the property next door which had a uh, a real nice uh concrete but concrete tiled floor raised the place created an open spot built a stage on it built a beer ticket office put a gate around it and had a one-day festival there for blues with like four bands for 10 bucks what fun nice i showed up for two um and they had no they had no amber outside but i could get an amber next door and it was delightful but that's where we're headed because there's open door. mic night and uh the owner is a drummer name is mark great guy great guy smart smart guy when he his uh, his family owns a place called Mods, which is in Otsego. Otsego's two blocks, so they, they own half the town if they own three places. But Mods bought the building next door, and he gutted the building next door, and the first thing he built was a stage. And he built the stage in exactly the center of the long building up against one wall that wasn't next to his other restaurant so the sound was on the outside wall so to speak and then he built the bar around the stage how the bar would be where the seating would be where the bathrooms would be he did the stage first and the first thing he put on the stage was his drum kit and i just love that uh, uh engineering drummer centric and it's it's it is one of the best rooms in town but a buddy of mine who also we can find uh, on online is uh, Alex Mays, M-A-Y-S, who is a great guitar player, does a great solo act with a little bit of electronic backup, a pre-recorded guitar, and a little bit of very simple drum that keeps the beat going for him. 
and uh, he is the he and a couple other guys from up around there are the opening act. There's a, the house band, so to speak, that play the whole first set, and then they open it up for what they call jammers. So Steve, who plays the trumpet, and and uh, me are going up there tonight to distribute some of these flyers if Mark will let us, because the flyer basically says, don't come here that Friday. Instead, go downtown. <laughs> You need flyers for our podcast to distribute. Like we need some boots on the ground to like spread this, this knowledge. The podcast, but there's not, this is a, this blues thing is interesting and fun. Uh, I don't quite see you're you're talking apples and oranges. The podcast is neither of those things. True, but it, but it has a cool URL. So there's that. I, well, well, that's enough. That's enough reason to want to listen to this fucking dribble. I, I have two other. I have two other topics. Speaking of reasons, uh, we you uh, you told me, and tonight I watched uh, the documentary about Sinead O'Connor. Oh God! Called nothing compares. Is it something or is it something? And like I knew I was aware of her again. She was she became popular before I was really aware of the music scene because like in the late 80s, I was just coming online with understanding uh, How music. How old were you then? Uh, late 80s, I was, you know, 12 or whatever, 11. Yeah. And it was... Uh, and how it described 1980s Ireland as just being oppressive as fuck. Yeah. Uh, for anyone that wasn't exactly following what the priest told you to do. Right. Uh, and how dark that was. But also, uh, what an amazing person she was and what a I the whole like shaved head thing she was so freaking pretty oh uh, her face and her gorgeous. eyes and her it just everything was so pretty and she was like yeah fuck that. well fuck your feminine stereotype of pretty I'm gonna shave my head and still be pretty yeah and well no, shave my head so that you have to rethink right. whatever the fuck you were thinking. Right, exactly. Because they wanted, you know, the music industry wanted her to, uh, Be to have long hair and wear miniskirts. And she was like, fuck this. I'm going to challenge gender norms 35 to 40 years before yes. that's common. Uh, and like where men's leather jackets and shave my head and also be super sexy feminine uh how just crazy that was and how i just like she she claims that money and fame were never uh part of her agenda and Boy, that's easy to claim when you when it when it is just coming easily. 
But so what, do you, thinking about everything that you heard and saw, what was striking to you about the song you didn't hear? <clears throat> Indeed, it was not present. Uh, yeah, so... You know why. Well, my uh, what I know about that song that I learned literally three months ago, before her death, before the celebration of her life, uh, was that that was written by Prince. Yeah, so recorded by Prince. Yeah, and I didn't realize that was a Prince song because she, in the same way that... Uh, that uh, that Jimi Hendrix made all along the Watchtower uh, hit, uh, yeah. and no one knows that you know that was actually you know Bob Dylan before that. Uh, she became she owned that song, and what I know about the share of song success means that Prince got like eighty percent of all of like she became rich. But Prince became super well. Rich. And Prince's estate refused to let her use it, um, and but, there was. Have you heard the story of the altercation between her and Prince? Uh, we talked no. about this on air. I believe we have because I sent you uh, her most recent uh, recording, or one of her more recent recordings, <clears throat> uh, after she had uh, 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 migrated to uh, Islam. Yes. And sang uh, a, just a haunting, haunting song. Um, and I believe we had a brief conversation about it. Uh, but the, the story goes is that they were together at his house. She, he had invited her over on a spur of the moment, late in the middle of the night or something like that. She went over. He became very rude. She decided to leave. He said, you can't leave. She left. She found herself running across the highway, just saying, fuck it, I'm leaving. And Prince apparently chased her. And this, the story is more complicated than that. You, you'll have to, if, if you're sure. interested, Google it up. But it's one of those bizarre stories, you know, that, that it's like, well, these people are crazy. You know, did you yeah. ever see Prince's Purple Rain? What the do you mean, seen it? Uh, the uh, movie? No. Oh God! But uh, yeah, these—it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's not a good movie. Okay. He's not a good actor. You know, the only reason you want to watch it probably about twenty times is the music, right. because it is—it is outstanding. It is outstanding soundtrack. But she. Man, she was facing all of this, uh, you know, misogyny that that really hasn't been brought, at least to my uh, arguably male white privilege uh, viewpoint of view until the last. 10 or 15 years, right. but she was facing that a long time ago. Oh yeah. And, 40 years ago. And hyper aware of it. And, and also very clear about it and unapologetic about it. That that was the thing that I really appreciated was like, 
they they said do you are do you like would you like to apologize for shredding the the pope's image on national live television and she was like nah like what he supports uh causes trauma in children so f- fuck him did you see uh, joe pesci's quote from saturday night live well, I, I saw his quote yeah oh that was, was on the documentary was in there. yeah uh that was Joe Pesci being Joe Pesci. I think that was written for him. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. The uh, opening monologue is, is largely written. Well, to, yeah, this certainly it's written, but I don't know that it was actually out of character from what but I all, but, read about Joe Pesci. But also, uh, he was in line with the with the common stance at that point. He sure was. Because... Because to be in on her side of the of the fence would would be to be extremely extreme in that Italian time. Catholic. No, no, no. But to, just no, to like, I'm saying, Joe Pesci being an Italian Catholic. Yeah, yes, yeah, of course. Uh, and the what I find bizarre, and I haven't looked into this, but her motives for Islam I I wonder about because yes she grew up super uh, super religious and I think if you grow up super religious you it's hard to shake that religiosity there is a deity there is a religion that's cool but to go to Islam that is like super famous for treating women poorly. Uh, yeah. I question that, but like, I don't want to, like, I would love to have been able to sit down and talk to her. Uh, but like this documentary came out like last year. Yes. I wonder if she knew she was dying when this came out. Um, do you know the cause of death? I don't. Well, my assumption is a suicide. So she's mm. been talking about suicide ever since her son committed suicide. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Then there's been no, uh, and, and all, all that was released was that it wasn't suspicious, meaning it, it certainly wasn't, you know, murder, or, you know, mayhem. But uh, yeah, I don't know that she, I, she had, she had, well, I mean, she had mental health issues one would say although how I could you not yeah well i don't i don't know that that saying that you want to die because your child dies is like a, you know a signal for being mentally Ill. no but no I'm, I'm i'm saying the super abuse of her childhood oh oh god yes no i'm not i'm yes i i had i had meant to question that um, yeah, I just found, I found her, in her, I found her performance is just, just incredible. Um, and you know, early on, before she made it big, the band she was in, before she cut her hair, actually, that long ago, she was very giddy and, and kind of taken up in the whole thing of it, you know, and, Boy, I'll tell you, after that period, she never was like that again. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of giddiness about her after that, after all the stuff that she went through. The Chris Christopherson um, 
moment yeah. uh, connection on stage at, at the at the Bob I think it was a Bob Dylan birthday yeah. um, which I remember saying um, but uh, he I heard, of, I heard of that and I had also that? heard of I had heard of that and also the yeah. SNL uh, performance well and did you know Chris Christopherson not too terribly long ago maybe right about this wrote a song maybe just wrote it at at her death but uh i can't recall may i think maybe no he wrote it after that episode uh and uh, and i believe the word patriot is in the is in the title but i can't i can't yeah yeah vouch for that it was a passing i passing bit of information that flew by my eyes i really loved the uh the interviews with the Americans that were so pissed off that she would she would uh, request that the national anthem not be played for her yeah. before her performance, and just the American knuckleheads that were like, "What do you mean you come over here and, and you're Irish and you and you and you? I want to hear my own national anthem and blah blah blah." Just how. Man, we haven't changed in thirty years. Well, I can see I can see the point of a, of of a person that you know was fought in a war and might have lost his leg, you know, because of that that whole sent, sentimental, emotional, aka loyalty, you know, kill the fucking flag burner stuff. I grew up in a in a in a household. That, yeah, but. That was very, very patriotic because everyone were vets. And uh, I understand it. I don't condone the, the hate talk about it, of course, but I certainly understand that she didn't think about that. She had no, no earthly she, idea. Exactly. She, she just came, said, don't play it. I, don't, I really would right. rather not. Yeah. And if someone said to her, uh, uh, that's sort of like, you know, going into fucking Iraq and, and shaking hands with your left hand. I mean, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to do that. Which is you know? a thing we all relate to, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good metaphor. Uh, so we, uh, I also have another thing to talk about. Well, I uh, let me scour my brain to see if there was something – Something, something, something. Oh, I... Because I, I, I saw a movie. I... Oh! You went to see Barbie and wrote me and said it's the best movie of the summer. Having seen... Yes. The, the uh, Oppenheimer and Raiders of the Lost Ark revisited whatever the hell. Indy, yep. Indy and Mission Jones, Impossible. And Mission Impossible, and this was the one. I want to hear about it. So it's hard to summarize, but I'm happy that I went in with almost no knowledge of what it was going to be. All I knew was that my liberal feminist friends were like, OMG, you have to see this movie. And it was... Uh, it was good on 
so many levels. It was funny in the way that it was supposed to be funny. It was stupid in the way it's supposed to be stupid. It was super meaningful in the way that it tried to be. And like at every, at every depth, they fucking nailed, they hit the mark. Who's it the was, director? I honestly don't know. Uh, or, but, yeah, or a screenwriter. Uh, B movie. Oh, it was uh, Greta. Greta, Greta Gerwig, yes. Oh my God, yes. She is really good. I've seen other movies that she's both been in and directed, and I loved every one of them. This is her. This is her catapulting into the into the high end hierarchy of directors. This is what this is done. Yeah, this is like it's. It feels like such a stupid movie that's gonna win Oscars, right? Like it. Uh, the so the general premise. I will uh, spoil that for you. It's probably the trailer. Probably. I haven't even seen the trailer. Uh, So uh, Barbie lives in this perfect Barbie world where she basically is a doll that lives in a dollhouse that is in this little town uh, made up of all the other dollhouses for the people that bought all the other dollhouses. And she wakes up in the morning and she's super happy and like life is good. And she goes and uh, in there are so many clever ways in which they make it like they make it like the way we play with dolls. So uh, she there is no there's no liquid in her coffee. Because when you're a kid, you know you pour, you pretend to pour the tea, right. and you pretend to drink it, and there's no liquid in the shower. She goes in the shower and, and she gets out of the shower, and, and it's and there's there's no liquid anywhere. And then rather than get down and walk into her car, she floats down because that's the way you do when you're a doll. Is because right. the kid t- picks you up and puts you in the car, and and she's all happy and she's saying hi to all the other Barbies and everyone's named Barbie and hi Barbie, hi Barbie. Hey Ken, hey Ken. There's a bunch of Kens, and uh, and it's just this perfect world for this empowered woman, right? Right. And and the Kens are all sort sort of doofuses. Yes. They're they're just like I, I'm I'm only here to like attract Barbie's eye, and when she looks at me, like I feel Makes- alive, and then and then I'm not anymore because she looks away, <laughs> and. And that's, somebody that's, has to stand up for the kids, and that's the initial that's the initial premise. And in this in this Barbie land, they all have this concept that uh, out there in the real world, all the little girls playing with with us, uh, we because there are so many of us, and we're all super liberated. We have liberated the entire world, and like women run everything in the real world, and. And everything is amazing in the real world because we as dolls have convinced all the little girls that they can be whatever they want to be. And that's the, that's the initial uh, like rub of where the, where the Barbie world thinks it's one way and the real world is quite uh-huh. the opposite. And the rest of the movie uh, explores 
uh, like eventually Barbie and Ken make it out into the real world, and uh, and as big people, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're 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 yes, there's big people, and uh, and Ken looks around and quickly realizes, wait a minute, where I come from, men are are just garbage, but here men run everything. And he like he starts to read about the patriarchy and is like, yes, the patriarchy is the way to go. <laughs> and so uh, he tries to he tries to go back to Barbie Land and like institute the patriarchy, and it's it's this introspection into the way we treat the genders in our own society, you know. But through this comical lens that. Man, it's fucking clever, and it's like, mostly funny. It's very, very funny. It's very funny. They uh, at one point the the Kins are all fighting each other, and because they are toys, like they don't have real weapons, so they're like throwing frisbees at each other, and uh, <laughs> it's all like toy play. <laughs> and I don't know. It's. Well, I wonder who who was who wrote it. It wasn't uh, Greta, was it? Gerwig. Yes. Uh, uh, directed by Greta, who wrote the screenplay with Noah Bumbach. No kidding. Bumbach. Well, yes. this is this is double double for her. That it that's like, and wow. yeah, and the, I don't know. It's it's so it's so well done on so many different levels that uh, that it's just. Like it, it, it's the movie that has most made me think about it afterwards, and which is I looked at the numbers and it it while the Oppenheim Oppenheimer Oppen. did ex, Oppenheimer did extraordinarily well. It was eclipsed by Barbie that did the best opening day <clears throat> of and I think anything other than the first Avatar. I think. But you know, but but still, I mean, that's way and above. Uh, well, it's up. not a. It's, it's not a movie that would that you would, go to see on opening day because, on opening day, it sounds stupid. Yeah. But, it's the week after the opening, right. Where the people that you that you respect right. that win on opening day come and, and tell said, you, "Holy cow! I never would have." Holy crap! That. I want to go see it again because I've had friends tell me I want to go see it again. So, and I honestly can't wait until uh, until it's available to first to watch at home. Well, I've not seen any of these movies. My wife wants to see all of these movies. And so I think we will be doing that. We go to New York now. It's almost closing time. Last call, last call. I want to ask you a question. Yes. In you this know. world of AI, where now yes. we have such an incredible fearful ability to fake things how is it that when i play music into a computer it won't just easily give me the lyrics back instead of i don't know all the shit that that you have to do to get lyrics it can you just aren't using the right software i think i'm not i'm not the one who's got it you have it i sent it to you and you said this is the best I can do. 
It, but you didn't say because that was months I don't... ago. Like it's we're all we're in a new world now, man. I, no, no I, honestly, if you gave me a, a new thing now, I don't know what I would feed it into. But for sure, it's there different. there are. We're still on the cutting edge where that stuff is like in the laboratory still and not released to the public. Or if it and is, the sound is more difficult than images. It. Well, that's not what you're asking for. What you're asking for is called natural language processing, which is understanding spoken word and turning it into text. And that is easier when spoken and harder when sung. But I, I don't know of any services that are like providing, hey, give this live recording and will parse out the words spoken. However, given that we, we, we've already seen that we can, we can feed this uh, garbage into a thing right. and it can summarize it for us. Right. And so if we were singing we're instead of talking, Let's oh, sing Eric, the rest oh, of the song. It's good to see you, Eric. Oh, Eric. Let's sing oh, Eric. the rest of this I missed podcast. you oh, so badly, so badly, so Let's badly. Sing I the want rest. to hunt you, Radley. If we Bradley. sing at the same time, I don't know if that's going to work. This is a podcast, and you know it has to end. Yes, it it's does. It's 5.30 here in the States. I've got sausage dished out on the plate. It must be dinner time. Dinner time. Oh, Eric. Oh, Eric. Oh, Eric. It's time oh, Dennis, that I will leave Oh, Dennis. Leave oh, Dennis. Oh, leave Dennis. Leave I'm just time to go. Away. Away. And press stop recording. Okay, that's the musical end to episode number 191. You can find the show notes with links to the Sinead O'Connor articles and things like that at happyhour.fm slash 191. You can help support the show at patreon.com slash happy hour. Please do. We are about to take a fortnight of summer vacation. So, see you in three weeks.